Good morning and welcome to Simply Tech. It's Sunday, January 28th. On today's show, the latest room temperature claims are met with heaps of skepticism and Microsoft tests Windows 11 with a built-in fix for bad meeting audio. Plus, we take a look inside Brex's efforts to burn less cash. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Tech. We start off with a resurgence in the buzz around room temperature superconductors. Swiss quantum algorithm startup, Terra Quantum, and a research lab at the State University of Campinas in Brazil claim to have discovered a form of graphite that superconducts at ambient temperature and pressure. To delve deeper into this, we have our correspondent here with us. So, Bella, what's the significance of this discovery, if it holds true? If a room temperature superconductor is indeed found and independently confirmed, it could revolutionize a wide range of industries, from electricity transmission to computing, electric vehicles, MRI machines, and even maglev trains. Superconductors offer zero electrical resistance, which means they can carry current indefinitely without losing energy. Achieving this at room temperature would be a game changer. But there have been several claims of room temperature superconductivity in the past, haven't there? How did they fare? Yes, that's correct. In fact, in the last year alone, three high-profile cases claiming room temperature superconductivity were either debunked, retracted, or seriously doubted. So while the potential benefits are enormous, it's important to approach such claims with a healthy dose of skepticism. What about this latest claim by Terra Quantum and the State University of Campinas? How are experts reacting to it? Researchers who have been consulted on this matter are skeptical about this new material being a room temperature superconductor. It's worth noting that Terra Quantum is not a small player. The company raised $60 million early in 2022 for its quantum as a service platform. However, the scientific community will need more than just claims. Independent verification and rigorous testing will be crucial. While we may need to temper our expectations on some fronts, as our Simply Tech reporter Bella just discussed, there are still exciting developments to look forward to. For instance, Microsoft has released a new Canary test build for Windows, which extends the company's voice clarity feature to all Windows machines, including those using ARM CPUs. Previously, this feature was only available on Surface devices. The company claims that this feature uses low-complexity AI models to filter out background noise, echo, and reverberation in real time. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent from Simply Tech. Yes, David. This feature could be a game-changer for virtual meetings on platforms like Zoom or Teams. It's designed to improve audio quality by eliminating background noise and echo. This could be particularly useful in situations where someone is giving a presentation from a distance or when an attendee's microphone is causing feedback. So it's not just for virtual meetings, right? Correct. Microsoft also mentioned that PC games can use the feature for voice chat. The AI will work to suppress unwanted background noise, improving the overall gaming experience. This could be a significant improvement for gamers who often struggle with noisy environments. What else does this new build bring to Windows users? In addition to the voice clarity feature, the build also allows immediate access to photos and screenshots from connected Android devices, 
It introduces a new Windows setup procedure that Microsoft claims has a much cleaner and more modern design. Lastly, it includes an update to USB 4, increasing its speed to 80 gigabit per sexa. Thanks for the comprehensive update, James. Now, let's shift gears to the ever-changing world of fintech. Today, we're discussing Brex's recent layoffs, the state of fintech investing in 2023, and more. Here with us is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply Tech. Celeste, let's start with Brex. Can you tell us more about the situation there? Certainly, David. Brex, a spend management startup, has recently announced a cut of 282 employees, which is nearly 20% of its staff. This restructuring move follows reports that the company was burning through $17 million in cash each month during the fourth quarter. It seems Brex is trying to preserve its runway. That's quite a significant cut. Now let's move on to the broader fintech landscape. How did fintech investing fare in 2023? Fintech investing saw a considerable drop in 2023. According to PitchBook data, fintech investors injected $34.6 billion in startups across 2,055 deals, marking a 43.8% and 32.4% year-on-year drop, respectively. Valuations also mostly dropped, with the median at $19.4 million, down 13 per from 2022. Exits also saw a decrease, with just $5.9 billion in exit value generated across 185 deals, a decrease of 76.1% and 22.3% year-on-year, respectively. Those are significant drops. But was there any positive news for fintech in 2023? Indeed, there was. The fourth quarter of 2023 saw a bit of a rebound. According to CB Insights, fintech saw eight new unicorns during the period, and equity funding increased by double-digit percentages. That's encouraging. Now, let's talk about built rewards. They recently raised $200 million at a $3.1 billion valuation. Can you tell us more about this? Yes, Built Rewards, a platform that allows consumers to earn rewards on rent and daily neighborhood spend, announced last week that it raised $200 million at a $3.1 billion valuation. This more than doubled the company's valuation compared to its $150 million raise in October 2022. This is quite impressive in an environment where mega rounds, deals worth over $100 million, are becoming increasingly rare. That's quite an achievement. Now, let's talk about Klarna. They've announced their first subscription plan. Can you tell us more about this? Sure. Klarna, the Swedish fintech company, announced its first subscription plan, Klarna Plus, for $7.99 per month. The plan includes benefits like no added service fees when using Klarna's one-time card, double rewards points, and access to exclusive discounts with popular brands. That's interesting. And what about PayPal? I understand they're piloting some new updates to their service. That's correct. PayPal is introducing a few new updates, some of which will leverage AI-driven personalization. They're introducing a new cashback offering called Smart Receipts, which will provide personalized recommendations, among other things. Thanks for joining us, Celeste. In other tech news, last week, Microsoft revealed that it had fallen victim to a nation-state attack on its corporate systems, carried out by the same Russian state-sponsored hackers responsible for the SolarWinds attack. The hackers managed to access the email accounts of some of Microsoft's senior leadership team, potentially spying on them for weeks or months. Here to delve deeper into this is our correspondent from Simply Tech. Indeed, David. Microsoft has now published an initial analysis of how the hackers, known as Nobilium or Midnight Blizzard, 
managed to bypass its security. The group initially accessed Microsoft systems through a password spray attack, a brute force method that uses a dictionary of potential passwords against accounts. The account that was breached didn't have two-factor authentication enabled, which made it an easier target. So once they gained initial access, how did the hackers proceed? After gaining initial access, Nobelium compromised a legacy test OAuth application that had elevated access to the Microsoft corporate environment. OAuth is a widely used open standard for token-based authentication, commonly used across the web to allow you to sign into applications and services without having to provide a website with your password. This elevated access allowed the group to create more malicious OAuth applications and create accounts to access Microsoft's corporate environment and eventually its Office 365 Exchange online service that provides access to email inboxes. Do we know how many of Microsoft's corporate email accounts were targeted and accessed? Microsoft hasn't disclosed the exact number, but it has described it as a very small percentage of Microsoft corporate email accounts, including members of our senior leadership team and employees in our cybersecurity, legal, and other functions. And how long were the hackers able to spy on Microsoft's senior leadership team and other employees? The initial attack took place in late November 2023, but Microsoft only discovered it on January 12th. That could mean the attackers were spying on Microsoft executives for nearly two months. This attack comes just days after Microsoft announced its plan to overhaul its software security following major Azure cloud attacks. How is this incident likely to impact Microsoft's reputation in terms of cybersecurity? Microsoft's admission of a lack of two-factor authentication on a key test account will likely raise eyebrows in the cybersecurity community. While this wasn't a Microsoft software vulnerability, it was a set of poorly configured test environments that allowed the hackers to quietly move across Microsoft's corporate network. Microsoft has a lot of explaining to do, especially if it wants its customers to believe it's truly improving the way it designs, builds, tests, and operates its software and services to better protect against security threats. Thanks for the insights, Abby. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Tech. We'll see you back here tomorrow.